Welcome to the Lead Management Mastermind Show, the only podcast where you'll learn about lead management best practices from the top lead management and sales marketing executives in the industry. Hear about the optimization, strategy, and techniques that have made each of our guests the best of the best in the lead management domain. Live from the headquarters of SDP Solutions, Here's your host, Scott Payne. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining. This is Scott Payne with SDP Solutions. So happy to have you with us for our third episode of the Lead Management Mastermind Show. So excited to have with us today, Ethan Ewing. Ethan is the CEO of ProPair, a technology that I can't wait for him to share more about. Uh, before we get started, I want to do a quick little announcement here. So if you've seen me on LinkedIn, you've seen that recently released my first edition of a Yeti cup with the SDP solutions logo on it. Going to do a quick giveaway for the Yeti cup. And uh, at the end of this podcast, you'll learn more about where you can go sign up to have an opportunity to win said Yeti cup with SDP solutions logo on it. So it's a great little uh, swag gift. I want to make sure we got the best, best consulting, best cup for Yeti here. So for those that have had a Yeti, you know, the quality is really good. So anyways, more to come at the end of the episode on where you can find, uh, where where you can sign up for that Yeti cup. Let's get back to our guest. So I'm going to turn it over to Ethan real quick. Ethan, uh, I've known Ethan for a number of years now, back to my days as a lender back with NationStar. Um, But Ethan, why don't you tell the listeners uh, a little bit about yourself in a quick moment around, you know, things about yourself that are important to know. Yep. Well, uh, thanks a ton for having me, Scott. Really appreciate it. And hopefully I'm not excluded as a, uh, as a guest on the podcast from getting a Yeti cup. <laughs> I'm definitely going to enter my name in. That's a beautiful looking cup. Um, and congratulations on all you've done and getting your business uh, up and running. And, uh, and appreciate you doing these, these podcasts because they're great for the community and um, as we continue to grow and, uh, and build our overall community reputation. So great work. Um, yeah, my name's Ethan Ewing. I've been... Um, uh, in the lead generation business for about 15 years now. Um, I started out way back when in the mortgage industry. So my roots go back as a loan officer um, back when I was uh, um, early in college. In my summers, that's what I would do in the summers. Um, and uh, have kind of stayed attached to the industry uh, for the past 30 some plus years now. Um, and uh, most recently, prior to ProPair, I ran a company called Bills.com, which is an online lead generation business. Um, focused primarily on mortgage leads, um, but touched debt, touched tax, touched a bunch of other verticals. Um, and then more recently in, uh, in November, in October of 2016, we started ProPair. And um, ProPair uh, really came to this business um, uh, through years and years of going through the mortgage industry and then um, the world of lead generation. Um, and now at a place that uh, um, is a place where I can we feel like we can really kind of affect some change and bring real impact. Yeah. And, and you know, I love the things you guys are doing and the, and the philosophy you guys have. Can you uh, just give a quick summary of what ProPair, some of the big level, high level things you guys are working on over there, ProPair? Yeah. So at a, at a very high level, um, the way we think about uh, this business and, and the reason that, um, that we jumped into it originally um, was being on the lead seller side and you're, you're sending leads into uh, into mortgage lenders, into lead buyer shops, you really don't have much visibility into what happens to that lead 
once it's generated and once it enters a sales organization. Um, and so that's a prospect. That's somebody at the other end of that lead. That, that, that is an individual. And they're looking to meet some objectives, right? They're looking for something. And you send them off into a lender. And at that point, it's out of our hands. Um, and that's a disconnect that the big lead providers still struggle with, right? It's mm -hmm. it just, uh, it is a disconnect in the industry. Um, so coming from that perspective, the idea was that, hey, look, we can do more. If we had some visibility into how those leads are worked in your system, how they're assigned, how they're prioritized, how they're followed up on, we can help you to be better. Um, but ultimately, you know, in that position as a lead seller, you weren't really given that transparency. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, the conclusion for me was that, hey, this had to be something done independently, but it represented just a huge opportunity. And the way we think about the ecosystem and, and, and really our product platform overall is this lead yield management concept. So the minute that a lead is generated and sent into a, in this case, into a lender shop, there's a expected yield that they want to generate from that lead, from that prospect. And how they go about extracting that yield and how they go about making sure that they have a positive ROI is just a series of decisions that today in the environment before we started the business, a lot of shops are making either somewhat randomly mm -hmm. or according to some fixed rules that they have in place. And that that, that then is, that lead is following a process through that entire, whether it's a 30, 60, 90 day period over which they have the ability to extract that yield. What ProPair did is, is what we're doing now is saying, okay, hey, great. There's a bunch of points in there. There's a bunch of decision points in there. That where you can apply your data to make better decisions around those activities, right? So the first one is our core product that we came to market with is called prospect matching. Yep. And prospect matching, basically, when that lead is generated and when it's received, what we're doing is we have a recommendation engine. And that recommendation trains on one, two, three years of data from your shop. And we look at the individual performance of loan officers and we run it up against the attributes or the characteristics of each one of those leads. And what we're looking for is we're looking for tendencies, trends. We're looking for behavioral differences where you can say, hey, loan officers tend to perform differently on various types of leads. Yep. And indeed, when we ran the data, that's exactly what you see. You see a great disparity on how loan officers perform with different attributes of different types of customers, different types of prospects. So that original lead assignment is really where we started. It's prospect matching. It runs in real time. When a lead comes into a shop, what we do is we help our clients determine which of their loan officers are most likely to convert that lead. And we manage that assignment from there. Yeah, that's a great point. <clears throat> and it's not something that a lot of lenders are thinking of. A lot of times when lenders are getting set up with a lead management system or re, you know, configuring what they, what they have already, uh, you know, we really find a lot of times it's just setting up distribution on a round robin platform. Lead comes in, who's the next available agent for that lead, right? And what you're saying is that's not the best way to do it, right? Because, yeah, the, the customer has a profile. Uh, you know, example, maybe what, the, maybe you can give some better examples, but what comes to mind for me would be like if you had a, uh, a veteran customer that came in and you knew that this other that it was specific loan officers, either because they were a veteran or just had good experience with veterans, were able to service veteran customers better. Therefore, they probably should get that veteran customer than just some random person who maybe maybe started a couple of weeks ago. Is that right? Sound right? 
Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, you're and and the beauty of it is you're not, you know, the concern that that when you when you do something like this, the concern is that certain loan officers are going to get weighted more heavily on attributes. The reality is we plug in about 30 attributes. So you have a really nice mix. And, you know, you could, if you wanted to rely on one, two or three attributes, great. You might have a bigger near-term impact, but you're really going to mess with your lead assignments. And that's going to become pretty quickly, that's going to become uh, talking points on the sales floor where, mm -hmm. hey, you know, all of these loan officers are getting all of these types of leads and all these are not getting these types of leads. So with a healthy mix of attributes, um, yeah, to some degree, you're taking away maybe the near-term impact you could have, but you're maintaining, you're basically saying, look, this is a sustainable mix and it's a sustainable, a sustainable assignment strategy. And back to your point, I mean, yeah, it's really hard. I mean, if I'm in the seat uh, of, of managing lead assignments and, and, and the, the folks that we work with, our clients um, uh, most closely are those that are responsible for those, those lead assignments. It's really difficult. I mean, it's like, you know, if you want to set up some fixed rules and say, hey, do, you know, send these types of leads to this group, these types of leads, you're going to get, you're just going to get some clap back. I mean, it's just going to happen. Or you forget about certain rules. They come over time, they layer on top of each other, and it really becomes difficult to manage. Um, so, you know, we, that our approach coming into it, um, and now we're starting to move into prioritization and now age lead work as well, is that, look, the basic principle of what we do is that you can use all this data you have and you can use it simply to automate decisions and to make better decisions. They're automated and you can, to, to some degree, set it and forget it. Yep. Let us, let, let, the, let the, not us, let the data manage those decisions and you're going to be a lot better off in the long term. Um, and it's just a lot less burden on you. Um, and you'll feel better about how your business operates. Obviously, the performance will be there, but you'll also just feel that, hey, I'm making data-driven decisions. Yeah, you mentioned uh, a key phrase there that will resonate with a lot of administrators that may be listening to the podcast here or uh, sales leaders, which is the set it and forget it. You know, there's nothing more that an administrator or someone who's managing how leads are routed uh, dislikes more than it's, you know, having to adjust things manually every day, having to do manual assignments, having to, you know, adjust different strategies. The idea to set it and forget it, I think will resonate with a lot of people uh, here listening to the podcast today. So, um, you know, one of the things that you had mentioned, um, or, you know, I read on your website, on one of your articles talked about the art versus the science for the distribution of leads. And one thing that really kind of caught my eye, maybe it's because I, you know, I, I'm a big fantasy football player and maybe it's the gambling piece that comes out of me a little bit, but you know, about how people gamble really with their leads when they randomly assign them versus using analytics and data, as you've talked about so far, um, for, you know, how to actually distribute the lead out to their users. So, you know, with some of your clients, is there a quick success story you've had uh, with someone and how they've used this type of, uh, you know, analytical approach to the distribution of their leads that has really made an impact on their business? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, every one of our clients um, uses our core product, which is prospect matching. Um, and that that's, uh, those are managed lead assignments. So it's an automated managed lead assignment. We're taking care as a new lead comes in, we're able to manage that, uh, the assignment to the initial loan officer. Um, it generates a 10% plus increase in, in closes and in close rates. So um, across all of our clients, and that will vary month to month. It'll vary quarter by quarter. Um, but all we're doing is, is this is a, um, it's, you know, 
So if you if if you're gambling, and mm-hmm. right now gambling, you have a fifty percent chance of losing. Maybe probably probably more than a fifty yeah. percent chance of losing, depending on what you're paying the house. But all we're doing is we're we're effectively saying, look, uh, we're not going to give you an eighty percent win rate. We're going to say we're just tilting the deck a little bit in your favor by using the math and using historical tendencies and using your date your performance data. We're going to increase. You're going to win six out of ten times. Right. And that's all that's all that that prospect matching does. That's all our other products do is they tilt the odds in your favor. They just make this thing better. So if you're if if, if you're managing a random or fixed lead assignment structure today, um, yeah, you're a little bit shooting in the dark, which there's no. Bl- I mean, that's just that's just how it's done. Right. Um, <clears throat> what we're able to do and what the technologies, you know, any machine learning application that's out there today. It takes lenders all of this data that they have, and it puts it to work. I mean, we, you know, look, we, when I was running bills, you know, for years, we would say, you know, hey, I want to use your data. I want to use our data. I want to use their data. I want to get, you know, I want to get data. Well, the, 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 the real key is, okay, that's great. You have, all, you have the data, and you organize it. And we were just always, for us, on our side, it was a matter of getting access to the data. But then the challenge to me running that business is, okay, what are you going to do with it once you get it? Right. Yep. In this scenario, what we offer and what any any you know with these technologies available to lenders now is, it's a turnkey approach to say, hey, now you can use your data to automate decisions. That's what data is good for. Data is just good to make better decisions moving forward. And you can do it for analysis, and you can do it for um, to um, to show reports and to have more visibility in how your business operates. But the way we weaponize it is, we say, look we're going to help you make better decisions moving forward based on what the historical data tells us. So that's the, that's the beauty of, uh, that's the beauty of the technology. And that's honestly like why we, that's why we're doing this. I mean, we, yeah. this is, this is where this thing's headed. I mean, it's, it's just self-driving cars, same deal, right? In, in, uh, you know, with, with your kids, with my kids, I suspect in five, 10 years, we're going to have self-driving cars. That's going to be the new normal because data and computers and all of this mass computing power we have will ultimately make better decisions over the long run yep or how to turn the wheel for when to hit the brake right that will that's just that's inevitable right mm-hmm. it's a little scary on the other side of it right it's a little yep. scary but that's inevitable and so the ability to be able to plug that into businesses today that's what gets us excited that's why we, you know that's just why we love this this position where we're in and what we look for with 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 clients and um, anybody in this, with you is use cases, right? Is okay, great. So what's a good place for us to plug this in? And in the case of lead assignments, that's an obvious one, um, where clearly that shows it's it's proven that it works. Um, so that's an easy one. And now we're exploring um, more and more of those use cases. Yeah, and I can even expand. And by the way, you said that uh, you win six out of ten times. Uh, if you can't win six, I, I, Hey, I'm on board with that. Given my track record this year so far, week seven, I'm, I'm not doing too well in fantasy football. Right. So that being said, uh, uh, you know, as far as redistribution, I think it's another piece that comes into play with this is that first assignment's important, uh, and trying to give it to somebody, but a lot of organizations today will just kind of blindly redistribute leads to other users without really looking at any data or, uh, you know, profiles like what you guys have as well. So, for a lender who wants to redistribute leads that are neglected from one loan officer, maybe they want to only give it to a certain set of people rather than randomly assigning it out. 
Uh, you know, and I think to another thing that we've been working on with another number of lenders is that, uh, you know, building out the kind of a screener model where you have screen teams who are calling these customers uh, and you have, uh, you know, uh, they're actually the ones making the phone calls and then transferring them, transferring them in to an actual salesperson. I think it's kind of the, the way of the future, how this can be used with a screener as well. Someone who's coming into the organization for the first time to get, have some type of profile, even though you may not have historical data on them, to do some type of an analysis on their profile so that you're able to help distribute, make sure that those calls go to them. And if they're not available, go to somebody else. Redistribution, I think, is a, another key piece. So. Uh, thanks for that. And you said 10% uh, lift. Was that kind of the stat? Yeah, that's in and close rates. And, um, and that's just with prospect matching. Okay. Um, and, uh, and, you know, upwards of that. And then, you know, the other, the other pieces, like you mentioned, I mean, there's, there's, once you get in, I mean, we think about three stages. We think about assignment, we think about prioritization, and then mm -hmm. we think about identification. So within this lead yield management concept, you have those three steps. The assignment happens when the lead first comes in. The prioritization of the lead happens when it's in the loan officer's queue through that from day zero to maybe day seven, right? Helping them prioritize. If they've had a, um, if they've had a good contact with that loan officer, you, this is the type of stuff you like or with that prospect. Mm -hmm. um, helping them to identify. And all you're doing here is just reinforcing something that instinctively they know, but you're helping to reinforce it systematically across all of your clients or all of your, all of your loan officers. Um, and then the last piece is an identification, where to your point along the reassignment piece, do the get leads function in, in Velocify? If you determine that, hey, it's going to go into the get leads function after X events happen, um, if you were instead to be able to be dynamic about that, right? And to be, and in, what you're doing is you're interpreting, hey, is this lead cooling and is it time to move it to somebody else? And then, of course, when you do that reassignment, you reassign it into a loan officer who is more likely to convert that now somewhat age lead. And then the last piece, identification. Shoot, I mean, you know how it is. You're, you're in shops all the time. When that lead goes from day zero to day seven, to day 15, to day 30, depending on which shop it is, a lot of those leads don't get touched after day 15. Totally. A yep. lot of them don't get touched after day 30. And, you know, the, we, there's a lot of effort around nurturing and campaigns. So it's certainly not that, that buyers are ignoring those leads. But what identification can do is say, okay, day 30, we know what that lead's worth. Now we've seen a whole bunch of activity from day zero to day 30. We've seen calls made, inbound calls, outbound calls. We've seen texts, we've seen emails, we've seen activities. How does that change the value of that lead from day zero to day 30? Yep. Um, and so to be able to then identify, hey, look, there's a real opportunity with this lead um, at day 30. Um, there's, uh, there's real magic there. So that's the... Uh, that's, yeah. um, well, I would say we, we've had conversations between us where, you know, using now data as well as it relates to things like the time of day that someone inquired and using that on your day 30 strategy. So rather than give it, you know, queue it up for your uh, salesperson to give it a call just whenever it is, whenever they're able to make calls, actually putting it in their queue around the same time of the day that the lead came into the system. Uh, you know, and you have a lot of stats on this. I've done a bunch of research with my clients as well that says that after day 15, the best time to call them is usually around the same time of the day uh, that they originally inquired. And if, if, if you don't know when they inquired, let's say it's a, uh, a trigger lead of some kind where they didn't actually raise their hand. 
it's going back to the original lead potentially and finding, you know, what time of the day did the original lead come in after this funded, you know, what became a funded loan? Or maybe it's going to your servicing system. Uh, if, you're, if you're a servicer and looking at things of, you know, when does that customer call in uh, to, make, to ask questions and those types of things. But using these data points to really strategically follow up and nurture and maybe it's not a phone call because the lead score isn't high enough at that point in time. Maybe it's you only send emails to the customer around said, you know, said time. Uh, and, and really, again, using that data. And we've had a lot of great conversations. I think we could have a whole podcast episode around inquiry time of day and invite a bunch of our friends on. But maybe that's for a later episode. Um, but I'm going to shift gears a little bit and go back to your days of, uh, of being a lead seller. And this is a phrase, me growing up in a mortgage company, in, in me being a former loan officer, I can attest to this as well, that very common phrase that we would hear is that, you know, things like, these leads suck, right? You've heard it. And it's just a, just a fact, right? People think the leads suck, but ultimately what it comes down to is maybe it's not the lead that sucks and maybe it's actually the lender not doing their job. And so, you know, I'm interested to hear a former, uh, you know, lead provider as yourself, your perspective, as it relates to you know what strategies companies should be utilizing to make sure it's not really them, and once they've confirmed it's not them that sucks, then to be able to take that to to their lead providers from there. What are some things you've seen in the past? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I mean that 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 line just brings back you know Jack Lemon, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and the you know yeah. the, the the Alec Baldwin coming back with the no no the leads don't suck you suck, um, and. Uh, um, and that's, you know, as a lead seller, um, that's your instinct, right? But the reality is, you know that, right? And, and, as, and, and lead buyers know that the leads don't suck. That's just the instinct. Um, ultimately, if, if there's a prospect there. There's somebody that's looking for a loan. And you're, you've got a product to sell them. As a lead buyer, you've got a product to sell them. So a lot of times, you know, from our seat, the perspective was the reason that we got in this business, which is, hey, What's happening to that lead? What is when that lead enters your building? What is happening to it? How are you following up? Who are you giving it to? How are you prioritizing it? Um, the stuff that you do, I've heard tremendous things from our mutual clients around the secret shopper work, right? It's like a secret shopper <clears throat> reveals to the lender exactly what that prospect experience is, mm -hmm. right? The, the lead comes in and, you know, back to our previous conversation, you've got now a series of steps, a fixed step set up. Okay, I'm going to call them three times on day zero. Uh, I'm going to call them twice on day one. I'm going to send a couple emails. I'm going to send text. There's a script there. It follows this script, right? Okay. So now a secret shopper goes in and you can reveal to that lead buyer exactly how that's being received to a prospect. Is it being executed one? And then how does it feel? How is it working? Is it, are you getting the right messages? Um, so that type of transparency you give them um, in the secret shopper piece is huge, right? It, 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 what it, what it does is it tells a, a lead buyer who's spending anywhere from a hundred thousand dollars or 50,000 up to, you know, millions of dollars a month on leads. It says, okay, great. I, I'm, I'm, I'm see these leads coming in. Now I understand. And I, I can see that experience and I can see how it impacts those prospects. Um, so that type of visibility, um, is a, uh, is, is a huge thing. And, like anything else in this business, it just it's a chance to reflect and to assess and to say, okay, great, I can. How am I doing it today? And certainly, I can I can do better. Yeah, you nailed it. And so, I'm writing articles right now, uh, and so those are on my website under the uh, the blog section. 
And in those, I'm actually writing articles today around and actually be released next week for the first part of a five-part series about uh, kind of the best steps or the best, uh, best things to do uh, to really enhance your customer experience, you know, as it relates to the things that I'm looking for when doing these screenings. The first one's talking about call screeners and making sure the calls happen on time. And there'll be a series of other things I'll be announcing uh, here soon. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. And, uh, you know, it's definitely uh, I'm working with a number of lead providers today already where they uh, are, are shopping their customers who are struggling with the quality, the said quality of leads so that they can help, you know, verify and work with that lender to, to optimize the process in which they call those leads. So interesting stuff. I'm glad you brought it up. Thanks for uh, mentioning that. <clears throat> and so last two questions. Um, as I've asked uh, you know, previous guests at this point, I've asked Jeff Solomon and Mike Eshelman and really want to ask every guest going forward. It's a key piece to lead management. It really comes down to user adoption. We've talked about it a number of times today about really making sure that your users are following the process and the things that you have set up. And so it's obviously an obstacle when launching a lead management system. So you know, going back to the early days of maybe of how you've done it, or, you know, being a former salesperson, or maybe it's being a lead provider, or maybe it's even now as you implement ProPair, uh, you know, with clients, what techniques are you using to change the behavior of loan officers? Are always stuck in kind of doing it their own, doing it the, the way they've always done it, if you will? Um, yeah, that's a great question. So we, we cheat a little bit because, um, you know, we're, uh, we're integrating with lead management systems. And, and so our decisions are effectively um, being forced onto loan officers. So when a, when, a, when a lead comes in, it's assigned according to um, what, how we're informing. We're, we're rec- providing what we call a recommendation. We're telling a lender how to recommend that lead. And then we're telling them how to prioritize that lead. And then we're telling them which of their age leads have the best chance to close based on everything that's happened to that lead since it's been inside their shop. So we do kind of cheat. We don't need individual salesperson adoption of tools. There's nothing they touch or anything else. That being said, uh, one thing we did learn is that, you know, the, the having once it's, we don't stay in the background for long, right? Because you've got sales management, um, sales managers that know that ProPair is in there impacting decisions, impacting assignments, impacting prioritization, impacting age lead identification. We're doing all of those things. That's revealed. You can't, you can't keep the genie in a bottle and you, and you don't keep it behind the scenes. Um, so we've taken a, um, uh, an approach there where because we have all of this great data that the lender provides us and we have all this analysis and we have these insights, we've put together what we call LO guidebooks. And they're basically, um, it's, they, they take on a bunch of different forms and we'll customize them for each of our, each of our clients. But they are basically these trends that managers can share with their individual salespeople that show their performance on a bunch of dimensions relative to the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's not meant to be penal at all. And if it's, and if it's presented as penal, well, that's a problem, right? It's, it is a, it's a, it's an affirming thing. It's a positive thing. And it shows it's what we've seen is that it really shows loan officers and salespeople that, Hey, their company, their managers have their best interests at heart and they're looking at their tendencies they're seeing what they do well and they're reinforcing those and they're seeing what they don't do as well. And they're trying to help them get better. And the fact that now that's tied to ProPair, um, that then ties the loan officer back to, Hey, there's something good happening here. Um, much like self-driving cars, right? I mean, much, mm-hmm. you know, there's a resistance to saying, I'm not giving my wheel up. 
right? I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I wanna drive the car. Once you see that, hey, there's a better way to do this, right? There's a way that'll keep you safer. You'll lose less of those closes. You'll be a better performer. We're gonna automate these decisions for you. We're gonna make your life easier and make you a better sales professional. Then ultimately the adoption comes after that, right? So it's, uh, yeah. um, that's been our approach. Do you, do you find that, uh, you know, in this case, loan officers in the mortgage world, uh, you know, once they see the data that, you know, of things they've converted well in the past, do they become better at those, those things? Because now they kind of feel good about, you know, uh, the fact that I know I'm, I'm, the data shows that I'm good at these things. Do you find that they actually maybe even get better at those things? They're able to focus on those things and, and get better at them? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like we've seen two, like if I just totally generalize, I've seen two types. One that are people that say, oh, wow, how, ooh, there's some opportunities. And now I'm going to completely change my day and I'm going to focus on this area. You know, I'm going to focus on these day parts. I'm going to focus on these types. I'm going to focus on these activities. That's one group. And then there's another group that says, that's cool. And I'm going to keep doing my job. Either one works for us. Like we, you know, we're not, we're not trying to change behavior. If they, if a loan officer does change behavior and great, we'll be there to support them. We retune our models every month or every three months. So great. We'll be there to support that. Um, but if they don't change behavior, totally fine um, yeah. too. I, I think the, the bigger thing we've learned is that it's empowering, right? It just makes, it gives salespeople, um, they know the data is all there. They don't know how it's being used. They know it's mm -hmm. being used to monitor. Hey, are you making enough calls? How many leads are you getting? Are you closing deals? Um, but to be able to go a level deeper and to see the analysis and get the insights and be able to see that, hey, indeed, my managers are looking out for me and they're helping me. They're coaching me along and using my data to show me what I'm doing well and maybe the things that I can, that I can do better. Uh, yeah. That stuff's really powerful. Yeah, I could just think back. If I was <clears throat> sitting as a loan officer again, um, you know, if I knew that I converted really well between 11 and 12, let's say, or 11 and one, you know, I might take some steps to, you know, make sure that I've, you know, got some coffee at 1030 and get the caffeine flowing around 11 so that everything's rocking and rolling uh, for the stuff that I'm historically good at. So anyways, that's super interesting. Thanks for sharing that part of it. Um, you know, last but not least, you know, we got to share the stage together uh, last month in Boston, Connect Convert Conference and had a really good panel, got some really good feedback from, from the participants. Uh, after the fact. Um, and you know, we're going to be presenters again uh, here soon at Lead Generation World in January in Denver. Um, can you give the listeners a little taste of uh, what your group discussion is that you'll be hosting and, and really talk about why people should uh, to really look at attending this conference? Yeah, yeah. And that was, that was, that was super fun in, in Boston. And uh, we got taxed. It was like it, with, between you and Aru, it was just, it was, uh, just tips galore. I so, saw, you know, people just taking notes of, of little, just nice little tactical executable nuggets. So that was, a yep. that was cool. Um, this one's going to be different lead generation world. Um, obviously Mike's, um, Faree's first foray and, uh, I'm really excited. Um, I mean, primarily, uh, well, two reasons. One is this is a chance. Uh, I think anybody that's coming out of this conference, it's, it's, it is like leads gone 10 years ago, right? Where it's early. Um, it's going to be raw. You're it's going to be, it's a, um, the, the, the attendees, um, are, um, relatively senior, they're experienced people that have been around for a while. So there's going to be, um, there's going to be an openness that you may not see at other, um, at other conferences. Um, and that's a little bit of a, like, you got to catch that, that you got to catch that now because that doesn't, you know, lead generation world three, four or five years from now, as we've seen with conferences, 
will evolve and it'll get a little more structured. And but these are those kind of years where you you know if if you're at the first one, the second one, you really do. Um, there's a transparency there, and there's an openness that is really unique to shows in their early days. So I'm, that's the part that uh, when Mike said he was doing it and he was moving forward, um, and I've had a few people ask me, "Hey, is it worth going? Should I do it?" And it's like, well, it, it, it's going to be be prepared. It's going to be different. It's going to be raw. It's its first cut, but it is going to. There's going to be a whole different level of conversations you're going to get there. It's just going to be a different a different level of transparency. Um, and I'm like, that's that's. That's the first part I'm saying. And the second part in, in the session we're doing, um, Mike's basically given me along those lines an open kind of, hey, you know, here's generally go open up and talk about um, the mortgage industry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so uh, I've got a, an open canvas and um, uh, I'm not going to be doing the painting, but the, I'm going to set the construct in there. And it's and it I, I think what I'm going to uh, in the mortgage industry generally um, when you're forward looking, you're still forward looking reactively, right? You're saying, okay, hey, rates are going to go up. We need to get better at purchase. Um, hey, there's going to be more depositories coming back into the market. And we're going to need to compete more. Um, hey, I've got a portfolio and I'm going to need to be more proactive with them. So what I want to talk about in, um, in this session or open the conversation up to um, is really get some of the leaders in our industry that touch mortgage. Um, to be to talk proactively about how they want to impact the future. So, like, what tools, um, what uh, technologies do they want to apply to get better? N not the reactive stuff, and not hey, I know rates are going to go up, and I'm going to need to do X, Y, and Z. Um, but really, kind of, you know, you've got leaders in there um, who ultimately are holding the keys to how technology is adopted in the mortgage industry on the consumer direct side. Um, so, talking about what that means and what what steps they need to take um, and where this thing is going and how they can kind of steer the ship um, over the next one, three, five years. Um, because, you know, you're moving to greater automation, right? You're, you're, everything we do, if you look five years ago, it's so much easier today than it was five years ago, right? And now there's some things that are harder, but that's, those are new problems, right? So now, five <laughs> years from now, the things that we're struggling with today are going to be so much easier. They're just going to be taking, okay, so let's, let's talk about that path. And like you know, and again, back to the, back to why we got into this business with machine learning applications and and the computing power you have and all of the data you have. These applications, these are these are ready to be applied into businesses, right? These are we're that's our that's our whole premise is that is that when you bring these decisions into operational businesses, you're going to have an impact. This is where it's going, right? It's not going it's not going the other way, right? Yeah. We're not going back to fixed rules. We're going towards um, uh, more automation. So yeah, I want to open up the room and, and let people talk about um, where they think they're going and honestly be a little aspirational, right? Be a little, be as forward thinking as possible. Um, Cause I think those conversations are, are exciting um, and it alleviates people from their day to day. Okay. I got to do X, Y, and Z. I got to send this email. I got to follow up on this project. I got to, you know, execute yep. this purchase order, whatever it is. Um, so that's going to be the, uh, that's going to be the gist of it. I'm fired up. It'll, it should be. Yeah. Should be great. I can't wait for the show and, and to see how it goes. It's uh, so, uh, honored to be involved in it. Uh, for those that didn't see, I'll be presenting on a topic of, uh, rewiring your process around the modern salesperson lead management 2.0, really drive diving into, you know, what I'm finding as I'm, uh, going around the country, visiting with clients today is that a lot of loan officers and salespeople today, 
uh, are kind of past the dialing for dollars, right? They're not really, uh, they're not as motivated as the days of, you know, back, back in my day, you know, we used to make 100 calls per day. You know, those kinds of, of salespeople with technology changes and stuff uh, have, have gone a little bit by the wayside. And so, um, you know, you got to make sure that your process is really set up and, uh, and built around that. I'll be talking about some, some tactical things and ways to set up your system. Uh, to use, utilize technology for your salespeople to make their lives easier. Uh, ultimately, uh, you know, they win, you win, everyone wins when uh, everyone's converting more leads. So really excited to be there at the show. Um, real quick, want to go back to said Yeti Cup. For those that would like to enter the contest to win the Yeti Cup to be shipped to your house or business, you will be able to go on to uh, sdp-solutions.com. Uh, slash podcasts. And there'll be a little section at the top there for you to enter your name and email address. And then uh, at a later date, I'll announce on, on there when this actual drawing will happen. So if you're interested, go do that. want to thank again my guest, Ethan Ewing, for joining us today on my third episode of Lead Management Mastermind. So happy to be doing this podcast and the feedback's been awesome. Really appreciate you taking the time and, and talking more about your business and the things that uh, you found to be successful. So thanks again for your time. Awesome. Hey, thanks for having me, Scott. Uh, great work. Keep it up. And uh, I'm sure I'll see you before then. But if not, I'll definitely see you in January. So Sounds good. Soon. All right, Ethan. Thanks so much. See you, Scott. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Lead Management Masterminds podcast. Today's episode is presented by SDP Solutions, your one-stop shop for all things lead management strategy and optimization. Please visit us at www.sdp-solutions.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast site.